All right, so um, right now I'm having Rashida Bell over. Uh, she is going to share with us her story on the podcast. And uh, I, we've already kind of gone through my normal intro where I explain what the podcast is. Um, this podcast is called Human. It is about life uh, and sharing a part of yourself that maybe you normally wouldn't share with other people. Um, and the bravery that it takes to even be on this podcast. So it is Rashida's show, and I'm going to let her take over from here. Hi, guys. Um, it's me, <laughs> you know, Rashida, and um, I am super, super honored, and um, I'm really, actually, really nervous, um, to be completely honest. Um, it's a really nerve-wracking thing to put your yourself on the line not necessarily the line but to put yourself out there and put yourself in a place where other people can really hear you like not the you you put on every day to go to work not the you you put on when you meet people but the you that you sit and you deal with and you um experience every day it's it's hard to put the you out there you know what i mean but here we are and again, I'm very honored to be on such a captivating podcast because the word human in itself is has so many dimensions and it could mean different things to different people. But being human to me means being vulnerable because that's what human is, to be vulnerable and to be able to be relatable and to be able to tell a story that you might, you might touch a person here across the world, across the street, you know, but everybody's story will touch another person because our experiences are not unique to us. They happen every day to different people in different places and in different ways. So, uh, I guess here we go. <laughs> um, I grew up inner city kid, West Philly, Southwest. Um, and then I moved on to Yaden and started a whole separate part of my life. But um, my childhood was, was pretty normal, pretty normal. Um, little black girl, so, you know, mine was always at work. I was keeping after my siblings, you know, the, the norm, the huge. I never, I didn't have a bad childhood, so to speak. But we struggled, our everyday struggles. You know, we never was hungry or anything like that, but we did struggle as a family to make ends meet. And I say we, like I was the one struggling. It was really my mom. Um, but she never made us feel like we were struggling. So I appreciate that. Um, but you could see it. You could tell. You know, you could tell working 16 hours was taking a toll. You know, you could tell she didn't have time to do stuff with us because... She was so tired. She had to work. She had to do this and she had to do that. And um, so I kind of took on a mom role at a, a very young age um, because my mom had to work. So then that means I had to be responsible for my siblings and I had to make sure that they were safe and homework got done and I did what little cooking I knew how. So, you know, we weren't, so we kept on keeping on while my mom was out making sure there was a roof over our head to bills were paid and we didn't really want for anything as kids and I really 
hold on to the careless child in me you know what I mean that I was living that at that time like I was living like a kid you know and then um as I got older I still was still mom sister mom I guess I could call me I was definitely sister mom and um when I was 13 I want to say that was when I was 13 yeah just a little bit my mom always was like the mother hen to everybody so everybody came and lived with my mom whether they spent a short time or a long time somebody for some reason always ended up at our house so my mom was more she was the shepherd I guess you can say like of our family because whenever things went wrong they called my mom whenever things happened they were with you know always living with my mom so my aunt um and her kids or her kid at the time came to stay with us and um which was fine you know my aunt I love my aunt you know so we were all having a good time living life and her boyfriend at the time would frequently visit and um I ain't think nothing of it. I'm a kid. I, I'm 13. I'm doing with it. I'm outside now because, you know, I'm trying to be outside with my friends down the street. So I never really thought much of him being there. He didn't really, him being there never really affected me. It was like, oh, he's just here. Like, okay. Until it started to affect me. Until he would say little things to me that I never, and I, at 13, I didn't understand. I just kind of was like, huh? And I just went on. Um, It wasn't until he raped me that I I realized, like, oh, that's what he meant when he said this or he said that or he would look at me in a weird way. And it it never, it, it didn't hit me until it hit me. Like, it didn't, I I couldn't understand and I couldn't comprehend, like, why would you even, what are you even talking about? Until the sexual abuse started happening. And then, you know, as as a child, you know, my aunt was pregnant and she was very sick, like, in and out the hospital pregnant while all of this was going on. You know, I'm, I'm being touched, I'm being raped, I'm being talked to in derogatory ways, but... I didn't want to say anything because I felt like her health was more important than my pain. Her health was more important than what I was going through. Um, and I'm told my aunt was really, really sick, like in in the hospital, ventilators, everything. So I felt it would be selfish of me to put this out there about this person that she cares very much about, that she is now bearing a child for. I felt that would be selfish so I kept that to myself you know I kept it and I just I didn't say anything I just took it with a grain of salt and I kept it moving but then my my grades plummeted you know my behavior completely changed and nobody could understand and then I started to get in trouble a lot and then I started getting grounded my mom started yelling more you know what I mean I got my, I got my little ass whooped <laughs> You know, and 
subconsciously, I was waiting for my mom to ask me what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? I was waiting for her to say, what is wrong? Like, what is going on? Why did your attitude change? Why did your behavior change? Why your whole demeanor is different? Why? And I wanted her to ask me that. So, because I felt like if she asked me, I can just tell her because she asked me. It's not me bringing this atrocity to the forefront. It's somebody asked me a question, so I'm giving them an answer. And this went on for a bit, quite a while. Quite a while. And one day, I got in trouble at school. And my mom finally, finally was like, what's going on? This, this is not like you. What's happening? Like, why, why are you acting out? And I, and I told her, like, I can't tell you. Like, you know what I mean? I told her, I said, I can't tell you. And she's like, what? I said, I can't tell you. I said, because I, I just can't. Like, I, I can't tell you. So we sat there, and then I was crying. Because it was really heavy on me. You know, like, something was happening to me, but I was more concerned about someone else. So I felt like I, I couldn't put it out. And I couldn't express myself because I was already I was always a very conscious child. So I knew this was about to be a ripple effect. This was about to be a snowball effect that, you know, I felt like I wasn't ready for on behalf of someone else. You know what I mean? So then I just told her. Like I just flat out was like, he's raping me. And I think it took a minute. To register with my mom like and she gave me this look like I got you I got you don't worry and it just like I predicted snowball effect you know it just kind of I felt like my life just went up in flames like you know and um it, it was a lot of things happening at once and it was happening to me really really fast and I didn't realize or I couldn't understand why everything was just happening so fast um, but I will say one of the things that stick with me the most is when my aunt asked me was I sure and that hurt me because why would you ask me, am I sure? Like, I would just go put names in a hat, shake it up, and be like, yeah, this one. That guy right there. Why Why wouldn't you believe me? Instead, you asked me, was I sure? There was never a, at that time, I'm sorry this happened to you. Or, you know what do you need or how can I support you it was a is she sure you know and that stuck with me and it still still bothers me like to this day I don't really talk about it much um, but that statement are you sure really like sticks with me and it bothers me um, so once that happened and um 
I was taken from my mom because of that. I was taken out of my mom's womb. All my siblings were. And um, we went into kinship care with another one of my aunts. And that catapulted me into the foster care system. And at the time, my mom was under a whole lot of stress, like a lot of stress. So that situation, along with the stress of taking care of five children by herself, and you know, along with the stress of, I'm a single mom, I gotta work, and now I gotta deal with this. It caused a rift in me and my mom's relationship. So when it was time for all of us to go back home, my mom said she didn't want me. She took my four siblings and not me. So I stayed in the foster care system and you know, I bounced from place to place. Some were good and some were not. Um, and I always took that with a grain of salt. Like, okay, people don't want older children. They don't, they don't adopt older children. They don't, you know, they just kind of foster them, but they don't adopt them. So I was already like, well, I'm never gonna, nobody's never gonna keep me for a long time. So I kind of was, and inadvertently a rolling stone like I kind of just was like oh whatever I'll probably be here for a month two months and then I'll go somewhere else and I'll crash at they please for a little while so for a while I was moving like in and out like and that's how I lived my life like I was just like in and out you know I was dealing with the PTSD of being raped and then I was dealing with now the feelings of abandonment from my mom because she said she did not want me she left me there like that's how I felt like she left me so it's like now I'm in this downward spiral because now I feel like I never knew my dad now my mom don't want me so who's gonna want me these people aren't gonna want me these people aren't gonna want to keep me around because I'm damaged you know, I'm, I am hurt and I'm damaged and I'm living it. You know what I mean? Every day I'm living this. And you can tell in my actions, in my body language, and the fact that I really don't care about anything. Like I was living my life reckless. I didn't care about nothing. I came in the house all times of the night, you know, defying all kind of rules, just doing whatever I wanted to do because I was hurt. And I didn't know any other way to explain or express to myself let alone talk to somebody else about it talk to somebody else about how I feel abandoned about how I feel that something happened to me but everybody else is acting like it happened to them and I couldn't get like okay what is happening here <laughs> you know y'all collectively should be trying to make sure I'm okay but instead people are treating me like I'm the problem like I'm the reason why this man was coming in my room at night like I'm the reason why he was doing all of these things no 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 and because of that I developed all kinds of phobias I developed a lot of anger resentment and you know fear 
I developed a lot of fear um, of anybody getting close to me. So nobody could get close to me for a very long time. You might think you were close to me, but you really were not. You know, I didn't let anybody in. I was very closed. And it wasn't until when I went to therapy, um, my therapist would always ask me, well, how, how did that make you feel? How do you think that made me feel? You know, because I was so angry that I couldn't and I couldn't really stop and think about her question. Like, how did that make you feel? And you're entitled to feel how you want to feel, but I want to know how did that make you feel? And I felt like she was asking me a rhetorical question. So it never registered to me that she is really truly asking me, how did that make me feel? How did him doing that to you make you feel? How did your aunt choosing him over you make you feel? How did in turn you and your mom relationship falling apart? How did that make you feel? So here we are. I'm probably like, I'm in high school by now. I think I'm in like 10th grade. 10th grade, I think. And I met my daughter's father. When we started dating and whatever we thought dating was in 10th grade, because it wasn't really dating, I don't know what that was. But we started dating and I thought, you know, this is it. Love of my life. I'm done. No more. You know, I'm, I'm, however old you is in 10th grade, I can't remember. 16, probably. 16? Yeah, I'm probably 16. And I'm in love. <laughs> or so I thought. And, uh, I got pregnant. And he became abusive. He became very possessive, very possessive. It was, you belong to me, and that's it. Don't look, don't touch, don't think. Anything that's not me, it's not you. It don't concern you. And I put up with that because I didn't know nothing else. Like, oh, okay, well, he, he cares about me because he's, he's so protective. He's so protective of me. So that means he must care about me. And he, he really used to beat my ass. Like, pregnant and all. Ain't care. Tried to choke me out. All kinds of stuff. And I was just staying stagnant. You know, because in some sick, twisted way, I really believed he cared for me. So him caring for me was enough for me to settle and for me to stay and for me to make excuses like, oh, he was just upset. Oh, you know, he just let his temper get the best of him. But he loves me still because why would he get that upset if he didn't love me? Why would he allow himself to act this way if he didn't love me? He does love me. Which is why after he beat my ass, he lay with me. And he stroked my hair and he told me he's sorry. So he must love me. So I went through this season in my life where I allowed my emotions to control my whole situation, my physical situation, my mental situation. And 
than I had my daughter. And she was really the turning point for me as a person. Um, she really saved me from myself. You know, I was spiraling. I was out of control. I didn't care. I had no regard for life. I really was letting him beat me. Like, beat me, beat me. And I didn't care. I didn't care. I, I never minded. I shrugged my shoulders. I let it go. I just, whatever. And when I birthed her, I feel like I birthed myself. You know, like... The me that I know today was birthed the day I gave birth to her. And she is my light. She's everything to me. And having her put me in a situation where it's either I'm going to allow her to hinder me or catapult me. I'm either settle and say, oh, because I have a daughter um, I, I can't do that. I can't go back to school. I have a kid. I can't further my education because I have a kid. All I can do is work and go home to my kid. And that's not the life I wanted for her. And having her also made me realize I need help. I need to go back to therapy. I need to really deal with these things that plagued me on a daily basis and you know I still was stubborn like no I'm still gonna do me I'm still gonna pretend like these things don't bother me and I'm gonna continue to go through life not living life not experiencing life life was happening to me I wasn't happening to life I wasn't living life life was just happening to me and it took one of my caseworkers to really ask me like what are you doing honestly what are you what are you doing with yourself what are you doing and, it, and, I, and I pondered the question because I couldn't understand why she would ask me such a thing like what do you mean what am I doing I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you that's what I'm doing and she said it again like what are you doing and that moment I was like I gotta do better so I had rightly I saw myself out of foster care and I went back with my mom <clears throat> and you know me and my mom vowed to each other you know we're gonna fix our relationship and we're gonna move forward you know there's a baby now so we have to make amends so we can be in a better place for the baby so I'm living with my mom again, and now I'm living under my mom's roof. She's responsible for me, and I'm responsible for another life. So then here, there's a power struggle in my mom's household between she and I. I was going to school still, and I was working. And I was trying to figure out, like, how am I going to do both? Like, how am I, I going to do this? How can I go to school and work? I can't not go to school because I need to work and I can't not go to work because I have to go to school. I have to do both somehow, some way because my baby got to eat. She needs things and 
my grades started to slip because I felt like I really, I got to go to work above all else because, you know, you got to provide. So my mom said, you can't live in my house um, and not go to school and not graduate. My response to her was, well, who's going to feed my baby? Not you. So I'm not going to not go to work. So now me and my mom are, but we're bumping heads and we're really going, going through. Like, I can't really explain what it was because it didn't feel like I was being defiant to her. But she felt that way. She felt like I was being defiant. So she's lashing out at me. We're arguing. We're screaming at each other. And we're just. Or I can see our relationship deteriorating all over again. You know, all, all, all over again. And I feel like my mom had a lot of things she didn't deal with. So she projected those things onto me. So you're not really screaming and yelling at me because you're angry at me. You're screaming and yelling at me because you have feelings and thoughts and things that you never really worked through. So you're projecting that to me. Like my mom dropped out of high school when she had me and she had to go back. So she don't want that for me. So instead of her saying, I don't want that for you, you're going to yell and scream at me and do all this unnecessary stuff that I felt as if I was, what, 17? I felt, oh, that's unnecessary. Like you don't, you don't got to talk to me like that. I don't have to take that. You know, being defensive, like you don't, you don't have to do that, you know? So, it, it just got bad. It got progressively worse. The arguments got worse, louder and longer. Um, it, it was just a bunch of disrespect. And it, there really wasn't a relationship, you know? And as a, a, a girl, you want that with your mom. Like, I want, I want, at the time, I wanted my mom to be my best friend. I wanted my mom to be the person who... I go to, I talk to about anything and everything. And I felt like I, she couldn't be that for me. So, again, these same feelings of abandonment, these same feelings of not feeling worthy of whatever it is, love, care, affection, continue. It's like a constant um, theme in my life. Like, you know, it kept coming up, coming up, coming up time and time again. And one day... We got into a huge argument. Big. I can't remember what it was about. I think it was something really, really small. But it was just like the, the what they say, the straw that broke the camel back. Yeah, it was that. So I'm screaming. She's screaming. And she put me on the porch with my baby. I can't stay here. So I'm sitting on the porch with my baby like, what? What do you mean I can't stay here? I didn't sign myself out of foster care because we were supposed to work on our relationship, you know. So where am I supposed to go? And I sat and I pondered there. And I probably sat there for some hours because you don't know what to do. Like, where are you go? No, seriously, where are you going to go? So that moment was a I'm never gonna be in this situation ever again never never ever 
So I went to one of my girlfriend's house and she allowed me to stay there for as long as I needed. And then I moved on my own. But me and my mom, we didn't talk for years, for years. Um, we didn't talk. I didn't care to talk. I don't know if she did, but I we ain't talk. Um, I just felt like, how could you do that to me? You know how how could you put me and my daughter out knowing we ain't really have nowhere to go? Knowing you, why would you do that? As a mom, I couldn't fathom that because I would never do that to my daughter. But again, I feel like being the person I am today, I probably would have saw that in a different light then. You know, I now I'm on my own, and um, it's just me and her, and I'm struggling. I'm struggling mentally. I'm struggling emotionally. I'm struggling financially. I'm just going through this struggle, this struggle, and I'm and I'm looking at my daughter like I gotta make it. I got to, but I don't know how. You know, because I'm struggling with these issues that I can't verbalize because I feel like nobody will understand me. So I'm, I'm continuously going through my mind with these issues and these things that I cannot get in the back of my mind. You know, there's certain things you want to put to the back of your mind. And these things, I couldn't. I just couldn't. And then I turned into a person that was not me. So now I'm this angry, bitter person. And I wanted nothing more than to rid myself of these of these things, but I never understood the multitude. You know, I never understood how big those issues were because I kept trying to make them small. Because I feel like if I make them small, I can manage it. If I, you know minimize it I can make it okay if I don't think about it it'll go away and I never really put all the pieces together as far as you know you compartmentalize these things that don't mean that they aren't there so they're showing up in your everyday life you know they're showing up in ways that you wouldn't even understand you know, they're showing up in ways where, you know, your daughter can't go nowhere. She can't leave your sight. Because I don't know who is who, who is what. Because my fear, you know, my fear of something like that happening to her overtook me. And it it just, I don't, I, I don't know how to really verbalize what I'm trying to say. But it's like a dark cloud kind of like followed me for years because I wouldn't deal with these problems. I wouldn't talk about them. I would just put on a happy face and keep it moving. I would just know I'm fine. I would know I'm fine myself to death. Like somebody would ask me how I'm doing. Yeah, I'm fine. You sure? Yeah, 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 I'm fine. Even to myself, I can be in my living room like about to have like a mental breakdown. I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. And because I feel like we live in a world where you have to be fine you don't have time not to be I'm a mom now I don't have time not to be fine I have to be fine so I can go to work I have to be fine so I can go back to school I have to be fine so that I can keep her happy I have to be fine so that I'm not damaging her 
Like, I have a big, 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 even still, a big fear of damaging her. Because, you know, I'm responsible for this tiny human. She ain't tiny no more, but I'm responsible for this, for this person who is supposed to grow up and be productive. And I feel like God chose the wrong person. Like, why would you entrust me with a tiny person when I can't even get my own stuff together? I can't even get myself together enough to where I'm not crying on a regular basis, where I'm not waking up out my sleeping cold sweats, where, I, where I'm not going down my steps 10 times to make sure my door is locked. How can you trust me with a tiny person? So then I went through that. So now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling resentment. I'm feeling abandonment. And now I'm feeling inadequacy because I feel like I'm an inadequate parent. Like I'm not, I'm not good enough to be her parent. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't good enough to be a daughter. I wasn't good enough to be a niece. So how could I be good enough to be a mom? You know what I mean? And I, I went through that for a very long time and it put me in a very, very dark place. I was in a very, very dark place. I didn't go out, I didn't answer the phone, um, I didn't eat, nothing. All I did was make sure my daughter was good. That's it. As long as she was good, I didn't care nothing about myself. You know, but subconsciously, I was no good to her. Emotionally, I was no good to her because I wasn't any good to myself. And um, I know a lot of women children or you know young girls go through sexual abuse and they don't talk about it and they don't realize how the pain and the trauma of that shows up in different ways and it's different for everybody but it shows up you know and for me I just tried my damnedest to put it in the back of my mind like you know whatever it happened so it happens to a lot of girls you know what I mean? So I'm not the only one. So that means I don't get to be upset. I don't get to have a feeling about it because it happens every day. Because, you know, when you go to therapy, they give you the statistics. Like, every one in three girls are molested. You know, one in whatever number are, you know, they're raped. You know, so I felt like a number. I didn't feel like much of a person. I felt like just a, a nameless, faceless girl who was a victim of sexual abuse and who you, you still got to keep on keeping on. You still got to, your life, the carousel never stops turning. And um, so you just got to brush it off and go. And go and you don't, you don't, you don't have it to sit and really be like, damn, that really happened to me. And how do I feel about it? And what do I want to do about it moving forward? Um, and it's just, it's, it's crazy how life, how life really will continue to remind you that you really need to heal. You really need to fix yourself for yourself so that you can be better for the people who depend on you. And, um, Forgiveness was a really hard thing for me, you know, and I moved into a season where I was stunted because I couldn't forgive. And, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, you don't have to forgive him. You don't have to. You don't have to. 
and you do for yourself. Like you, you really do have to forgive because if you don't, you're going to be plagued. Forgiveness, a lot of people think forgiveness is for the other person and it's not. Forgiveness is definitely for you. Forgiveness is your way of healing. You know, that's like the final step of your healing, not theirs. And um, one day, because you know your family, family keep on going. Family keep going. So my aunt is here. She's at my house. And I think it was a function or something. And everybody spent the night. This is years later. You know, this, is, this is years later where I feel like I'm all whole and it's not bothering me anymore. So whatevs. Um, and she puts me on the phone. And I didn't know who I was talking to. I'm just like, hello? And it was him. And in that moment, when he said hello, it took me back that 13-year-old vulnerable girl who couldn't do anything about what was happening to her. And he, he asked me, do I forgive? Can I forgive him? <laughs> I'm still like appalled. <laughs> Honestly, like even now, like I'm still like, I can't believe you even had the balls to even ugh. but I told him no I don't and um I said I don't and I probably will never I don't forgive you for snatching my innocence I don't forgive you for ruining my childhood I, well my adolescence I don't I don't forgive you for that. I don't forgive you for dividing my family. I don't. I, I don't forgive you for putting my aunt in a situation where she felt like she had to choose. I don't forgive you for that. I don't forgive you for lying. I don't forgive you for making it seem like I just was a fast-ass little girl. I don't forgive you for that. I, I don't. And... He hung up, and that's the last time I ever spoke to him. And it took me years, years to come to the realization that I have to forgive him. So that situation doesn't have power over me anymore. I have to forgive him. For my own sake, for my own mental stability, I have to forgive him. And I feel like that situation shaped me into the woman I am today. Because it took me through a roller coaster. It took me up, it took me down, it took me in loop-de-loops. But it was all so I could be here, sitting with you, talking about it. You know what I mean? Healing myself, even now. You know, that's something that I, I think about. I... You know, I don't harp on it because I forgave him. You know, um, I, I forgave my aunt. She don't know that because we don't talk about it. 
you know, it's, it's like one of those things you sweep under the rug, like you just don't talk about. But I forgive her for abandoning me and for making me feel like I wasn't, you know, you, you didn't care enough about me to believe me. I forgive her for that too. Um, but it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy that I say it out loud, like, yeah. It's, it's liberating and I feel light. Like I feel like that, that made me feel really heavy as a person. It weighed very heavily on me every day of my life, all the time. And to sit and be like, yeah, I forgive you for everything, all of it, the whole situation. It's great. And to really mean it. Because I can say it and not mean it. But I really, really, truly mean it. And that was key to my journey. It was key to my next steps. It was key to me being able to become a wife. It was key. Because if I did not, I would not. I don't think I would be where I am as a woman and I'm still growing I'm still learning I'm still going through things I'm still feeling my way through life but I no longer look at that situation as something that will hinder me um, and something that I couldn't I, I, I took control of a situation that I had no control over and once I did that and I realized okay, you have to take control of the situation because you have to heal. You have to deal with the situation in a way that it doesn't plague you. You know, that in a way where you can breathe. Because I felt like I couldn't, for the longest time, I felt like I couldn't breathe. You know, not literally, but emotionally. I felt like I couldn't, like I was constricted. But I felt like that that was really a hard time in my life, like a long over a period of years, you know. Um, and now I'm just committed to my mental and emotional health. Um, I'm doing things every day. I'm choosing myself. I'm choosing my my peace, you know. Now. And I think that a lot of people who have been through this or who is going through this currently, you know, I just really want you to know that it gets better. It might not be today, tomorrow, next month, but it will get better. And you will be okay. You will. You know, this is it's a hard thing to go through, to get through, and to heal through. But you will be okay. Life is beautiful. I know it might not feel like the situation is ever going to end. And I know you might feel like you can never be loved. You could never, you know, be worthy because somebody took that from you. But I, I want you to know you are, you're worthy, you're beautiful. You. There is no other you. Nobody can.
can bring the essence of you ever. And we need you. The world needs you. We need your light. We need your love. And you know, it. when I started to speak those things into myself, that's when I'm like, oh, okay. I can really do this. I can really live. You know, I can really start living life and not letting life happen to me. Because when I was in that dark place, life was happening to me all around me. Life was just days was going by. I couldn't even tell you the day it was. You know. But through life, trials, tribulations, ups, downs, you know, I can I'm here. And I'm 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 not whole, I I whole, but I'm getting there. You know, I'm not every day is not a good day for me. But I'm 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 doing my best. You know. And I think that Though if that did not happen to me, I don't know who I would be. But I'm I'm happy that I am who I am because of it. You know, and I think a lot of things shape you as a person in your childhood. But I think that was such a really big thing that it kind of overshadowed everything. And um, like I am ready to be who I need to be for the next person you know because like I told you earlier you're not going through what you're going through for you you're going through it for someone else to heal and help someone else and I think that I've always been a helpful child I've always been a very um, conscious child of other people's feelings um, and that, that can be a good thing and it sometimes can be a not so good thing mm-hmm. but it's the better part of me you know? and I think that as a woman now I can, I can say like I am a better woman because I decided that I wasn't going to let that control me you know I wasn't going to let the, the abandonment issues daddy issues mommy issues control me as a person you know i'm a person outside of all of that you know i am a human outside of all of that you know despite what happened despite i'm 25 married two children got a good job you know i'm traveling i'm doing I'm doing things, you know, doing things I never thought I would be able to do, but I'm here. And, you know, I thank everybody who was a part of my journey, good, bad, and different. I thank you. Because you've, in some way, shape, form, fashion, helped me to get where I am today. And yeah, I think, yeah. Wow. You did it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's out there. There you go. So, thanks for having me. Of course, uh, I am very very proud of you. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you. No, seriously. Thank uh, you. I'm also honored that you would reach out uh, and be on this and <laughs> say what you needed to say. That was awesome. Okay. Thank you so thank much. You. I appreciate it. Uh, anybody listening um, 
you know, I'm going to give her the plug real fast. What's your Instagram name? What's your Facebook? <laughs> whatever you need to promote, you can tell people whatever you need to do. Uh, and I might be able to reach you if you want to. I don't mind. You know, <laughs> come one, come all. I'm an open book. Um, Yeah, you can reach me on Instagram at longlivekingsheed. Uh, on Facebook, I think my name is Rashida Ane. I believe. Um, but if you could just reach out to Shaquem, he can get to me at any any time, you know? For sure. Um, but yeah, I just, I am living a life that is committed to healing not only myself, but trying to help other people do the same. Good. Trying to help other people come out of whatever it is that they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, there is, an, there is the other side. It might not feel like it. You know, everybody say the cliche, oh, you know, after it rains, there's a rainbow. You know, weeping only lasts for a night. Uh, what is that? A night, the joy comes in the morning. And it really does. Yeah. It, tru- it truly does. Yeah, those sayings don't come out of nowhere. They don't come out of nowhere. And, you know, your night might not be one night. It might be a month. It might be a year. But joy is coming trust me believe me i wouldn't steer you wrong yeah thank you thank you so much all right and that is uh i guess we're gonna wrap it up um thank you all for listening thank you so much um and thank you again to rashida for coming over here oh thank you